Let's put our living stereo stylus in this groove. Hi everyone, welcome to Reworkable, a podcast all about future-proofing and doing things better in the world of employment. Each month, we engage our guests in discussions covering a range of subjects, from industry trends within our serve sectors to workplace wellness, employer branding, and company culture. We have it all covered. We seek their perspectives on improving efficiency. So whether you're a business owner or a team lead, or you're searching for that dream job, this is the podcast perfect for you. Revolutionizing the workplace, one podcast at a time. Let's get going. Before we get going, we have an exciting announcement to make. We are giving one lucky listener the chance to win a Corsair HS70 Bluetooth wired gaming headset. All you must do is guess how many times the word communication was repeated during the episode. More details on this can be found on our website and our social media pages. Oh, and we'll leave a link in the description on the podcast. Hello everyone and thank you for tuning in. I am Sam Ingram, CEO of Northreach. In today's episode, we'll be dissecting some of the most talked about talent trends for 2023. Joining us is my supreme guest and my go-to person for HR, Soraya Senior. Soraya Senior, hello. Hello. (laughs) Supreme, I like it. Supreme. I'm just going to make that my job title. I think you should. Supreme HR leader. Supreme HR leader, almost like Star Wars. Bit, I'm a bit like a Sith. You're like an emperor. Yeah. But a Sith. Sith like <laughs> in, <laughs> in Sith my of approach, HR. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you have, you've been my HR consultant for a good couple of years now, haven't you? Yeah. Well we've been working together now for what, seven years? Must be. Seven years. Oh, seven years, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, but you have. So you kind of been working in HR for some time. Yep. As professional, but mainly in uh, the startups and scale-ups and more technology companies, right? Yeah, startups, scale-ups within, you know, life sciences, biotech and technology companies. So it's kind of my sweet spot. But yeah, I've been doing this for nearly 30 years. Wow. But mostly senior HR roles since, I don't know, about 13 years now. Must be, yeah. Yeah. So in that time, obviously, lots of different trends have come and go and back around again. Definitely. Just like Nike blazers. Yep. High tops. Yep. Puff stick jackets. with the MXs. Stick MX's. with the classics. 95s? Mm, 90s. Nice. <laughs> um, but, you d- yeah, you, d- you, mean you, see, you do see trends come and go and you just see people hopping on what I call the shiny buzzword bandwagon yeah. of things and they become a tick box exercise and you just know there's never going to be success if they don't do it with a bit more heartfelt yeah. intention. Definitely. And I think that's why I wanted to have this chat to see what the landscape looks like mm. for 2023. Um, it definitely seems to be different than last year. Yeah, I think already. we've seen some interesting things happen already. We have, but we're going to talk about these 10 different trends Ooh. that we're kind of going to look at and we're going to okay. dissect in a bit of detail okay. and go through. Um, so we'll just dive straight into it. Um, the first one, automation and artificial intelligence. Interesting. Crazy. Mm-hmm. Very, very kind of forward-thinking kind of thing. There is obviously a movement around how we use technology, particularly in the hiring kind of process of things. Yeah, I've got two views on this. Um, the big kind of view on it, obviously, is to kind of save time, better resources, uh, and then avoid intentional bias, which I think that can happen. But 100%. where does this kind of start and end? Do you think? I don't know. I was, I feel like in two camps about this. Yeah, because I think. 
we, we should be progressing. I think we should automate where we can and drive efficiencies and, you know, make better hiring experiences if we are going to automate them. But I think, you know, we're, we're still not at the point where it's the perfect solution because of, like you say, bias. I think there's some data considerations and, yeah. you know, around how that data is used, you know, especially, you know, you're seeing a lot more um, chatbots around sort of well-being platforms yeah. and, you know, HRIS systems. I know, I've seen some more in HR, like yeah. kind of talking, you know, employer relation cases yep. to a bot. Yeah, and so I think, I'm, I'm actually all for it, but I think the considerations you have to make is you can't put a price on that human touch, yeah. that people aren't a process, um, is my deeply held view. I think there's the element of, making sure you do protect that data and I think it I think it's new territory in terms of where it sits around GDPR and I think there's there's still that thing around you know how, how around bias yeah. um, and that that's just a really big area that you know bias unconscious bias you know all, all of that kind of pot yeah. um, is still I wouldn't say minefield it sounds a bit dramatic but I There's think a lot to consider. With there there are so many considerations. So I think it's still going to move forward. I yeah. think the technology will still drive forward. But um, no, yeah, this chat GP, Ta- chat GPT. GPT. GPT? Yeah. GPT, yeah. I don't really know what it is, but it just sounds like... It's a fancy Alexa. I'm sure I'd be absolutely murdered for saying that on air, but if you think of it like that to start with, so... You can use it with like WhatsApp, can't you? I, I was reading on the BBC News... Uh, the, these um, African entrepreneurs found a way to kind of almost build ChatGPT, like a version of it, yeah. to help students um, study, study, yeah. or get like study materials that they didn't wouldn't normally have access to, and do it via WhatsApp. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we've been using this over the past couple of weeks. Um, even crazy things like writing policies, writing content, job mm. descriptions. You can just literally put in, write me a, I don't know recruitment job spec or whatever it may be mm. and it'll do it and then you can say I'll make that more professional make this about that and it'll do it and it literally does the whole thing within seconds it's mental it's so quite, yeah I don't know yeah but he's going to proofread it you still are. need a human for that uh, there you go there's your limitation straight away I, don't, I, I mean I don't know enough about it to give you some expert view I just think it's going to rumble on and evolve and it's definitely the start. It's almost yeah. like it's the start of something. Yeah, I think so. It's all, it must be what it must have been like when the internet kind of come around. Do you, do you remember Elliot, who's in the office? Yeah. yeah. So he was in print in mm. the eighties, I suppose it must have been. And uh, one of his guys came up to him and talked to him about the internet and like email marketing. And he mm. went, "Ah, no, never catch on, never catch on." And he was going to head up the whole program for it and just didn't bother. Mm. I wonder whether or not this is one of them in terms of this this chat GPT. Is this the next kind of evolution? How <laughs> how we communicate to a point I don't know, I might be, retired, be retired by then before it catches on I think I'd like to be retired before <laughs> this catches on I still like I mean, more I, personal touch I was there in the in the trenches in the 90s <laughs> when you, you know the internet happened um, I remember it well with dial up yeah get off the phone AOL dial ups <laughs> Wait, they couldn't have that in a business surely yeah <laughs> no isn't that as in get off the phone oh Ooh, I've worked in some of those places <laughs> <Did you> imagine <laughs> Trying to send an email. Yeah, 
us in a fax. <laughs> <laughs> so you couldn't use the email. Internet dialogue, she's still sending faxes. <laughs> she had a tweak that, you know, emails replaced the fax. <laughs> <laughs> it could happen. It did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it, could it was be. a novel technology then. Yeah, I think that's where this could be. Well, I've seen a lot of it because a lot of the automation stuff and AI I've seen, particularly for candidates recruitment bit that I do, so much time is kind of wasted. Is that the right word in terms of like just getting hold of people to get a reply in email form, or I can't get hold of you. Call me back and you miss, miss, and miss. So things like Calendly I use quite a lot now okay. to arrange like meetings. I use kind of oh, just really good template kind of emails Ooh. that are specific. Yeah, but that's different to like, that's a different kind of engagement though, isn't it? To like. Yeah, on a basic level, yeah. So I don't know, I, th- I, I don't know, maybe I, I'm not an early adopter, let's put it that way. No. I might be an attra- detractor at this point. What about the unconscious bias? Because there's obviously platforms now that kind of like completely anonymise. Oh, yeah, there's no such thing as unconscious bias. No? I don't think so. I suppose it's always conscious somewhere. Yeah, someone discovered it. Uh, I think I think you never truly eradicate it because it depends on who's creating the bias in the first place, or the actual the, well, yeah the the unconscious bias in the first place, like the machine. So, for example, I mean we know we had this conversation what back four years ago um, with the Zebra project, right? Yeah. Around. Yeah, we did. So it was that long it, ago? Maybe like 2018, 2019. Might have been, yeah. Um, and even then, you know, they were saying things like, you know, hand soap sensors, they wouldn't yeah. react to sort of darker colour skins because the person right. developing that was possibly a white person. So, you know, somebody of colour like myself probably wouldn't get the soap out of the, dis- you know, the sensor because it wouldn't recognise my colour skin. Yeah, they did say that, didn't they? Yeah. Don't you remember that? Yeah, no, no, you talked about it, yeah. So um, so there's this whole weird, not weird, but necessity to kind of then make sure that we're creating more and more diversity and inclusion into technology in terms of the people that are creating it yeah. in order to start levelling it up and make eradicating it, like it. A, yeah. Yeah, so there's still a lot of long way to go. I think so. I mean, like we know, I'm no technologist. These are just my very basic thoughts on it, but... Still. I, I you know, I, th- I think, you know, we have to make those considerations. And you touch on our, our, our second trend oh, around... Oh, that for a segue. Yeah, it was. Diversity in the workforce. So the pressing need to have and promote a diverse workforce. We're talking diversity, inclusion... Uh, equalities um, there's a huge move around this to do that and th- there's a lot of study that kind of shows that the more diverse the workforce the better because lots of different points of view the matter of backgrounds etc um, and actually can generate up to 19% higher innovation revenues yeah which is very interesting um, and actually increases a lot more uh, uh, achieves a lot more around company targets where they want to be but it seems to me this is an ever-evolving thing. I don't think anyone can... Can you turn around and say, yeah, I completed that? Yes, we are a diverse... No, of course not. No, well, yeah, yeah, you can. I think you can say you're a diverse workforce. Of course you can. However, do you have that equity? Do you have that inclusion? And do you have that sense of belonging? Yeah. Because you can completely have a diverse workforce and there is no inclusivity in that yeah. organisation 
we can have a lot of inclusion and there's no diversity. So I think you have to focus on, and I think people still get hung up on the word diversity and everything that that brings. Yeah. Um, can tell you people are on earth with this with me now. That's why you wanted we wanted you on the on the chat on the show. Um, <laughs> so my view is let's think about what inclusion truly means and what belonging truly means in an organisation, so that we can bring that diverse perspective, but people feel it's safe to do so, because I think that's sometimes the problem. Yeah. And you know, again, going back to the Zebra Project, you know, going from tokenism to transformation. Yeah. So much has happened since we did that zebra project um a few years back yeah yeah campfire chat right everything with black lives matter um george floyd all that yeah. that it's that it sort of was bubbling under the surface and was always there but it's now made it more of a conversation but we have got so much more to do yeah and it can you know it cannot be a tick box exercise around that piece so i think you have to be really intentional about it i think you have to be very deliberate and i think you have to be more than anything which is the hardest thing be consistent about it yeah and it's not just for your de and i executive to take responsibility for it is everyone everybody's responsibility especially that inclusivity and belonging piece yeah because that's that's the piece because even if you have a, a diverse dni kind of policy it doesn't necessarily mean you as a manager ultimately or a, a colleague or whatnot is is equally of mind yeah but for any policy what's the practical application of it yeah. how, 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 how does this happen day to day mm. because you know people are still scared to say stuff or to ask questions or to make a decision or that you know people are scared to discriminate which yeah. you know don't people to be scared we want you we want to have an open conversation about this stuff but this cannot be a tick box exercise yeah like you said i suppose it's making a conscious effort a conscious effort but in a safe enough environment to have that conversation yeah. not feel that you're just going to be reprimanded mm. or you know you have to do this for that reason and funny enough i think weirdly i was, I was talking to someone the other day about this particularly in biotech mm. and scientific mm. specifically there seems to be more women than yeah. men in, in scientific mm. kind of fields and i got asked where are all the men mm. and it's like well that's quite a question to be asked directly I didn't have like the best answer, I don't think, but ultimately, I can imagine it's got to have something to do with when they, people go to university, men aren't looking for those types of roles for whatever reason, maybe because it's a financial reward, possibly, they don't see that the money's kind of there, or is it something that women feel more attracted to do more of a role that's in a lab that's going to do with biology, I don't know, it's, it's quite, I don't, I don't really know, know where to that, start with but that one. I think there is still a gender imbalance at the top. Yeah. in biotech big time so you've got loads of women at entry level yeah and then you know they kind of hit a, and i really hate this phrase but they do hit a bit of a ceiling if they do maybe want to go off and pursue having you know a work-life balance around looking after their family yep. if you know by not maybe being the main you know breadwinner in the family so they do the you know the mainstay of the childcare. yeah so then they lose out at that really crucial period of their career yeah because they're almost kind of yeah almost there yeah and so then and so then, then that's when you know you kind of get that imbalance happening again whereas actually we're not we're not really good at engaging the talent at a senior level no. in a more flexible way and that's that's definitely true i've definitely seen that where 
women have kind of come and gone, worked mm. through the ranks, got to a point, had a family, come back, and then it's almost they're, they're restarting again. Yeah. That's probably not just in Barrett, but I think I there think you see it a lot. I think it's across the board. And again, I, don't, I feel like I'm no expert in this, but I think the problem lies with the gender pay gap. I think, you know, the inequalities yeah. around paternity pay. Um, you know, if, if men were to kind of suffer the same kind of career limitations. Oh, we would have a choice. We can't deal with pain for one. <laughs> no chance. So I, I think, you know, there's there's lots of reasons why it happens. Yeah. I think, yes, you do get sort of up to sort of mid, mid-management level. And I think, you know, we're still not as evolved around flexible working. And, you know, everybody's adopted hybrid and flexible working. They haven't really. No, not really. Um, people it was are, really there. Just people are reverting back, I think. Yeah. Um, and in some ways, rightly so, actually, to get that collaboration and human connection going. Um, I think we've all been a bit socially starved, to be I honest with so. you. But I think, you know, embracing that true flexible nature around because otherwise you're just losing some really really brilliant talent from your workforce because you can't accommodate it and if you know say for for example the the woman is is the one who's done the majority of the childcare and been stay at home for whatever period of time and they're coming back into work are we creating enough flexibility for their partner yeah to actually allow them the space to do their best work yeah so you know it's that leveling up around you know paternity pay as you know is rubbish yeah it's crap yeah um it's two weeks you know i don't think people are evolved enough around their thinking around things like shared parental leave no i've seen it happen it's it's not well managed um and that could be one way as long as companies level up the pay yeah it would encourage i think a different balance but i think we're, we're way off sort of trying even attempting to have some of those conversations i think there are organisations that do. Um, so I think that whole diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging piece is big. It is it, big. And it covers so many, you know, we talk about intersectionality. And I think it's recognising that everybody's life is different. Yep. But we can include that because we should become, I think organisations have become too output focused and not outcome focused enough well yeah i think that a lot of that trend sparked from covid yeah, a lot yeah. of it yeah, big time it was literally just you just shove as much of this in as we possibly yeah. can well nobody's got a life to do anything so yeah. you can work all the time yeah and now everyone's kind of coming out of that the companies are still trying to run at that capacity mm. but then it's like but you've got to come in three days a week now it's like well now i've got two hour commute three hour commute every day mm. that's kind of got to go into my life energy capacity yeah, my yeah, life yeah. in some capacity in some way and then this is where this is all starting to um, bulge slightly. And interestingly, this is trend three. Look uh, at that. We just segue in just I, naturally I through this. I can't remember this. what we put in the prep, so. Oh, good. Then someone prepped. Yeah, good. <laughs> but so this is around talent acquisition. And, oh, yeah. it, uh, you know, this trend is going to be more challenging. Mm. And I'm kind of 50-50 on this. But the reason and the rationale around this is around the pandemic. Mm-hmm. The great resignation, which I think is probably one of those flash in the pan things to a point. I know. It's not a myth. I don't think it's a myth of a flash in the pan. You don't? So, no. I still think there's more to talk about that. Yeah, 100%. Okay, okay. But um, there's a lot of kind of report that says that finding the right kind of skilled candidates, there's a lot of competition out there. And, you know, we've got to kind of really be thinking about what companies are offering around work-life balance, you know, flexible working, those types of things. But what's your case? So what do you think about this great resignation? Because I've got one view on it. I'd like to hear yours. 
so I think people like to uh, shiny bandware, ban shiny yeah. buzzword That's bandwagon. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One hundred and one, the Great Resignation myth. All it is is people at the pandemic reflected and went. Um. I have choice. I have options. And I will drive this. And we yep. know that we've gone through, you know, different phases where it's been a candidate-driven market, or it's been a, you know, a client-driven market. Yep. But I think people are more informed about making this work for me. You know, so I think people, you're seeing churn because you know you've got candidates on the market, and you know that they're getting snapped up because they're able to make more informed choices now. Yeah. And so that's why people will move on. I don't think it's a myth. I think you know, people will go, no, sorry, I know how you responded to this, that and the other. I actually see how you're behaving now. So I'm gonna go for a more conscious yeah. organization that's more deliberate, intentional around certain things around culture, how they treat people, career development, flexibility, psychologically safe environments, purpose. Yeah, big one. And they will hold an organization's feet to the fire more, especially at an interview, because they've got, they know they've got choice. See, last year I'd agree with you. Already, I don't think that's the case this year. Oh, really? No. I haven't really done much recruitment yet this year, though. No, I don't know why. I literally, <coughs> and this might be just from what I'm seeing at the moment, mm. but for the past month or two, probably maybe a bit longer, maybe last quarter. Let's say last quarter, mm. way more candidates than jobs. That's seen come through. Lots more people kind of mm. looking that are actually available that want to move. And not as passive as they were before. And not as passive, like very okay, active. That's interesting. And actually there's still like the, a good influx of jobs kind of happening, mm. but not as many. So I, we're, the different recruitment companies I speak to almost had to kind of get rid of, get rid of, made, you know, made a lot of people redundant of recruiters mm. because they haven't got enough clients. The big ones kind of kept them satisfied mm. through the recessions and bits mm. and pieces but now they're starting to shrink mm. and these people are like well we don't need loads of delivery individuals so mm. if you go but the candidates are still there so it's almost like there's more candidates and not as many jobs anymore interesting big tech companies obviously let a lot of people go yeah and i think that even just rippled across everything to kind of go well if amazon and tesla and twitter and elon musk kind of farts then mm. you know all of a sudden everyone has to kind of hold their hands up mm. and i think that's kind of shaken a few people to kind of think where actually are what are we doing in terms of going to be more purposeful with yeah. it but i'm definitely seeing that i can have 15 20 30 40 applications for every one job now i didn't have that last year i think that's actually really interesting but i think people are more conscious in their decisions definitely. It's, it's not tra it's not as transactional as it used to be i think people want more they deserve more yeah um and employers need to be more purposeful that's the big part I'm finding uh, yeah. is that people are moving because maybe there's not a clear enough direction perhaps the purpose is completely wrong yeah. or they just realize I just don't have to take up I don't have to put up this anymore yeah well, I think that culture piece right is really interesting yeah. I mean you and I've been banking on about this for seven years this is this is what we've been talking part. about for seven years um but I think the reality is you know there's an every company will have a purpose because it exists and you know we hope all businesses that exist are profitable um but i think it's that purpose piece of how how do you win hearts and minds with that purpose yeah. to keep people engaged and motivated but also are there additional purposes so you know we, we see a lot you know shiny buzzword bandwagon again esg thrown yeah. about yeah do we know what that is it's environment uh, sustainability and governance right this is interesting. 
so you know you, there, there's a lot of work to, uh, around those frameworks and if you it's not just about creating driving shareholder investor value through having an ESG initiative yep. or a policy or whatever employees are more conscious of it now as well I think and so it's not just going well actually at, so you're a great example of a bit of purpose yeah because you know you make lives easier for people through you know the recruitment process and you're you're, you're sort of um, developing kind of the talent ecosystem within sort of tech and biotech but additionally you have a conscience as an organization well this is called something so I heard this it's being corporate social responsibility essentially what you do yeah but you I heard it be called something slightly different though so okay. they had like these unicorn companies heard of yeah. this one so unicorn companies ultimately like quick high you know, a lot of money mm. high scalability high profitability mm. sell and it's just like use 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 and sell mm. But the sustainability factor, if you're like a textiles company, for example, or even a biotech one, for mm. that, how much plastic are you actually mm. just using because yeah. you've got enough money just to get to where you want to go? Yeah. Where there's this new one called more like a zebra yeah. company, which yeah. is ultimately the same sort of thing. It's a bit like B Corp stuff, right? B Corp? Yeah, B Corporation companies. You're, you do twice yearly corporate social. Yeah. You know, you have a bit more of a conscience. You do that amazing thing every Christmas with the um, yes, kids. toys. Yep. yep. And then you do kind of a summer one, like you did the surfers against... Surfers against sewage, yeah, that yeah. was good. Just cleaning up litter on but the beach. But things like, you got the whole organisation involved, you, you know, you created that, you know, consciousness around it. That was good. And so, you know, that's where I was going with it, mm -hmm. around, you know, yes, you have a purpose, you know, and it, and it has a commercial edge to it, but you also yeah. have that additional piece that you do that you actually want to give back a bit more. I think you have to. You know, I thought this was be a thing before it's become a thing maybe yeah um because you, you know there's a lot of like rfis and stuff you do all your mm. policies around this that, and the other and it's like well that, yeah well everyone's going to tell you they've got these policies oh, and whatever yeah. but what do you actually you do? do what do you actually do and i for me it's always been okay we want to be profitable as an organization or as an organization yeah, who doesn't and be successful but at what cost and not financially speaking, at what mm. cost are we kind of here in this building, using these facilities, using this energy, the way we kind of recycle things, the way we're using kind of things on a day-to-day. -day. Yeah. That has a massive impact on the planet and the way we work. And you know what? It's just a stupid thing to kind of like put it back. But all it was is I woke up one morning and I saw it on BBC. And I just saw these guys literally along the street, they were picking up litter. And I thought, anyone can do that. You don't, yeah. you don't have to kind of wave a massive banner. You don't, you don't have to be a name. Yeah, but you, you didn't do it because you have a policy, did you? No, it was literally... And that's thought, kind of the point. Yeah. It's like being intentional about it. Is you didn't do it because, oh, actually, I'm going to get more shareholders and yeah. my staff are going to be happy. You decided to lead with this. Yeah, and also because we don't have a product. Our products yeah. are people. Yeah. It's not like we've got a warehouse of paper or plastic yeah. or anything like that. I can say, well, we're going to be carbon neutral and do all mm. this and make sure our logistics, are, our supply chains mm. are good and we use electric cars going to London. We can't do any of that. Mm. So it's like, well, but I can literally go and pick up litter. Yeah. I can make sure that our actual place you work in is clean, tidy and it's sustainable in that way. Yeah. But it wasn't an employee coming up no. to you going, Sam, as the CEO, will you let me do a day's volunteering you went we're all doing this yeah i did <laughs> and, 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 and you know I don't, I don't mean to sort of minimize it and make it sound disingenuous but the fact that you led it and you meant it and it was it. intentional it i think that's the point we need to get to with organizations and, you know, like and it will be driven a lot by employees and i think it's great because i think it's good to have dual purpose yes. um i really do um because otherwise you can tend to get a bit of purpose fatigue yeah i think um but i think that piece around you know, 
it, it coming from you, I think is really, really powerful for you and your team. I think you're right. I think that kind of goes into this trend around it is more challenging because people do have more choice. They are looking at purpose as well as flexibility, salaries. There's a reason kind of to thing. get out of bed. It's not transactional anymore. Yeah, so I think you're right. So I think that's kind of where the challenges will be. Because mm-hmm. let's face it, if I'm even half right and to say that there is going to be this kind of moment where you're going to have more candidates than people, then mm-hmm. how does the employers choose the best candidates again? And it goes the other way. It's not like, oh, you've got four people decide, mm-hmm. otherwise you're going to get no one. It's going to be, well, there's 10. Anyone mm-hmm. can do the job. How do you decide now? So it's going to go... It's going to go hand in hand. And, and candidates will make more informed choices about if this is where I spend a third or more of my day, where where am I going to make the most difference? Yeah, where will I, I have the most impact? You know, and in return, you know, I don't mean it in sort of that transactional way, but people are going to want to know that if they're going to do more than the normal discretionary effort. What else? I, yeah. What else? What's in it for me? And actually, I have a conscience. I care about these issues. Yeah. I, I care about the that. world around me. I think I used how, to say how I are you going to support that? Again, that's that inclusion and belonging piece. There you go. You know, aligning personal purpose with organisational purpose is really going to be important. So really, even for our first two, three trends, really, a lot of it really is focused around companies having purpose and having clear kind purpose, of purpose, culture, values, having a conscience. Well, we can wrap up there, I think. <laughs> Tune in for the next podcast rant with Soraya. I want to kind of ask you this one though. This oh kind of God. blends in quite well. Trend four, hybrid workings. This kind of kind of follows on to what we're mm-hmm. trying to say. I suppose this is more of the same though, right? The mm. hybrid working is definitely the it's way not forward. It's a trend though, is it? I don't think it's a trend, but it's definitely something more people want. And actually, live example, mm. I cannot find a HR business partner who actually wants to work on site in London. Why? Like that is bonkers to me. I know it's like an isolated incident. But if you worked in London and that's the life you live and you live there, why would you turn around and go, I don't want to travel 40 minutes for a job. I can do it all from home. I don't need to be there. I don't understand. No, I think there's some jobs you you have to flex a little bit. There are some jobs where you just need to, you know, be near people. Yeah. Um, So that was badly phrased, but you know what I mean? I mean, bearing in mind, you know, you're talking to somebody who worked in an office down the end of the garden for two years yes, and he's a massive introvert. It was a nice, it was a nice office. It was a though. great office. It was, really cool. it was a great experience. But at first I was like, this is amazing. I, I never have to have human interaction again. I can do it all by Zoom. <laughs> now I'm like, there's just some conversations that are just going to be better because yeah. I, it's about that energy. And I, you know, I get it. A lot of HR people won't aren't like me, <laughs> as you know. Um, but you know, sometimes you can get a better outcome by just being in a room, feeling that energy, so. seeing the whites of somebody's eyes. Yeah. And people aren't a process. No, and I think you know that's we the haven't danger. recruited the robots yet and the AI Chat to do all the jobs. That one, yeah. Exactly. So, actually, can you be more human in your interactions? And sometimes that means being physically. They're present in the room. I yeah. mean, you know, for example, you and I talk probably every other day yeah, at times, and actually, it's so much easier sometimes just having a conversation with you in person. I like it, I just think it's relationships. Yeah, I think you, you can write stuff on a bit of paper, you can have a, a Teams or a Zoom or whatever, but I think actually being someone you get the feel, yeah, and that's the, the bit that you, you just can't put a price on that human. You can, no. you know, just reading people like if 
if everything's cut off from their shoulders below, yeah. like you can't read that body language. Yeah, exactly. I think hybrid working, fine. I kind of get that. Yeah, hybrid's fine, but fully remote. No, I don't get I it. Mean, I, I think, think those roles have existed in the past. I think they're fine to exist if they're like, here's project, go deliver. Yeah. And you don't, you can, you need, if you need evolve who you need to, mm. but deliver it and be done. Yeah, but doing an ER type role or just yeah. just where you're building a culture, but you know, and it. Well, building a relationship, right? Building yeah. that trust. Yeah, yeah. I know what we said earlier. Like, how do you do that so openly mm. without building a relationship? Well, I think the interesting thing is you and I did that over lockdown with two companies, right? Yeah, we, we did. We built teams for for a couple of different organisations, and we had to really think about what's that experience that that person needs to have to feel engaged and welcomed into an organisation. Yeah, but there were times when it's just like, do you know what? Regardless of the lockdown or you know what restrictions are in place i'm just going to make the effort and go in and be on site yeah just to show my face yeah just say hello Not i am, I am real. Face, just to show that i care and that I care. you know that actually something you've said to me i would rather make that effort and go and speak to you in person yeah. to give it that more human touch than that disconnect you get over teams so yeah. you know well i think you did did some of those trips as well i did that, yeah. you know du- during you know when we had had sort of more restrictions there were times when we were just like, no, we're, we're happy, we'll, we'll do the test, we'll wear our masks, you know, we'll go on do site. Yeah, you know, because it's important that we do this. I think so, particularly if you've got people that are in the office every day. Yeah. Particularly the biotech stuff, they're in a lab, they, they can't work from home, they yeah. physically can't. And I think, you know, that you've got certain roles that they are just more office-based, and I think when you're going through periods of change and challenge, you have to be visible. And I know people can say, oh, you can, you can do it through Zoom and um, Teams and whatever. Um, and you've got Slack channels, but I think just being physically visible can speak volumes when you're going through challenge. I think, so. I think people just do, whether consciously or unconsciously, actually, yeah. might have a sense of, oh, we're actually a bit more in it together. Yeah, well, I think that's another thing, isn't it? Because you have to work a bit, and sometimes you might go and grab a sandwich together, mm. and it might be just a different relationship. Because, you know, even emails and things like that, you'll always read them negatively. Oh, yeah, they'll get Even lost in translation. It, yeah, so you're losing that connection straight away. So well, you might be... You know, what could have been a five-second conversation yeah. turned into an email. Oh, God, I hate And that. sometimes you're just like, well, that meeting could have been an email. Yeah. Or that email could have been a phone call. Yeah, just you know. switch it around. Yeah. Because you... And actually, that's the other thing, isn't it? Because usually you could just tap someone on the shoulder and go, yeah. let's get this sorted yeah. or whatever. Just roll your chair back. Yeah, but now it's like, well, if you've got five minutes, oh, no, I'm busy, can we mm. speak on Thursday at yeah. four? You're yeah, like, no, oh, I'll, I'll send you a Zoom for three and a half minutes. Yeah. You know, that sort of thing. So I think I get it that people realise that they could get time back by not having big commutes. Yeah, big time. You know, and these super commutes and, you know, that they got better work-life balance. But I think some roles just aren't fully remote. Um, maybe I sound old, old school, I don't know, but I think there are times when you just need to be there. I think so. And... So you can solve more problems I think in person yeah. on the other hand mm-hmm. trend five which is borderless hiring on a rise so this is kind of almost in reverse to kind of say that there is obviously this idea that you can source talent more globally and ha- or ultimately have it more filler remote because it tends to be tends to be more cost effective well, just think about the role then like that's fine that's it, isn't it? There, I mean there's, there's some watch outs around this um, you know, around your permanent establishment and you know tax liabilities and all those sorts of things for yeah. remote hiring. Yeah. So you so you have to be you have to be in the know about how you do these company setups and do your remote hiring, right? So 
go get good legal advice and speak to your legal advisors about it. Um, and I can always recommend a great team that can help oh, with I bet that. You can. <laughs> um, but thinking about your global mobility and that borderless hiring um, is important because um, you know cer- certain roles just happen to naturally migrate in certain places you know we know that there's a lot of cell therapy talent maybe yeah. more in switzerland than yeah. potentially other places you know it's been quite hard to find sort of some cell therapy talent um, and we've had to sort of hire it in yep. from overseas Broad, yeah. a bit more that, that that's costly and you know especially if it's a lab-based role but other roles that are more you know sort of your de- traditional desk-based roles you know if they can be done remotely then make sure you check your compliance and your governance around it and your, your company set up but yeah then you should do it but i think so but also at some point you're going to have to make sure you engage them and they may need to travel yeah you know so i think it's it is borderless i think is it on the rise i think it depends on the type of sector you're in i think so yeah um and and i think certain things will drive that um but i think it's being do you know what I think needs to be on the rise? It's more flexible thinking about how you think about talent. I think so. So is it, bo- do we do we want to put a label on it of borderless hiring? Or do we just want to be more free thinking around roles and I think so. where we find the talent from and being pragmatic around it? Yeah, because I think some companies can get hung up on, they have to be employed. Yeah. And it's like, but why? Like, you know, you get some of these positions that, they're a little bit left field to the business. They know they need it, mm. but they're kind of hell bent on having it here. It like has mm. to be here. But it's like if it is a function that you can just outsource it to, and it's an invoice and it's reputable, why not use that as like well, a function? I think again, it's flexing your thinking around being outcome focused yeah. rather than output focused. I think so. so. I think it's almost like a vanity thing to kind of keep going. Let's just hire loads of people. Look, oh, we have like two hundred, three hundred mm. people. Aren't we amazing? It's like, well, yeah. If you're hundred of them are doing nothing, like, is it a vanity thing, or do? I don't know. I just kind of look at it and think, it's got to be. If it's like a proper function mm. and it's long term, and you want to invest in that, yeah, yeah. definitely. But if it's like there's a project needs to get delivered, we need to hire a permanent person to do it. It's like, well, do you though? Because if you just want something delivered, mm. why not just get a contractor? Oh, in no, then? no, why I, not quite, just I quite agree. You know, sometimes you need you need a consultant. You don't yeah. need a you know whole department or whatever. But I think again, it's just being more intentional around your thinking yeah, and don't definitely. do knee-jerk hiring just because you may have got budget or whatever I yeah think here's another headcount go and find yeah. something like, oh, okay can that headcount be filled through a contractor or a consultant because you're saving time to actually manage people well you want to you know measure t- twice cut once with these types of roles because we know how costly it is when people make hiring mistakes so i think you know you need you need i think people just need to not be so knee-jerk just because you've got headcount or somebody's left and you you know you think that they can never be replaced yeah well people know that people can be replaced i think it's just that time lag of making the effort to hire yeah we see a i think i think that. that's the big part of it so i think you know you again you have to be intentional and really think about what you're doing and become more out um outcome focused versus output, output focused, focused. Yeah. you'll like this next one because mm. something you told me a long time ago oh, is on it? video as well Oh God! Skills for Trump experience trend six to yeah. hire people for skill, not for will. No, the other way around. Hire for will, not for skill. Oh my God! Yeah, that's what you said. Was hire for will, not for skill. I'm glad to see my words are embedded and burned into your brain that you remembered <laughs> it's it correctly. Burnt. I think I was just so happy to kind of say it. I got you excited <laughs> and said the wrong way around. Hire for will, not for hire skill. Hire for will, not for skill. We can teach people technical skills, but those hu- and 
Again, I'm going to go on a rant. People call them soft skills. There's nothing soft, soft about relationships. No. You know, building relationships, being able to communicate, those are skills for life. Those are yeah. life skills, right? And they are not easy to come by. You can develop, you can coach, but some people just are good at it yep. um, and have a natural, you know, leaning towards it. But those skills, those technical skills, yep, we value it. And, you know, we're missing out on a lot of those skills with, you know, sort of the ageing workforce you yeah. know there's there's a lot and again you know through through people that have left left work because they couldn't get the flexibility they need yeah. so we're losing a lot of experience but actually more and more what people are actually wanting is those critical thinking skills those problem solving skills yeah big time you know you can teach somebody something technical but can you always teach somebody off the bat how to think how to think how to work in it how to work well in a team how mm. to be proactive. Yeah, and it's some of those things are just be better learning. communicating. Because, you know, the, w the way you work and collaborate in the workplace is different to, I mean, I didn't go to university, so I have no idea. And it's university of life. I think it's 200 years since I left school. <laughs> but I think, you know, some of those collaboration skills and just being able, like, you learn by absorbing it, right? Yes. Um, and you, you know, making sure you've got great mentoring schemes, you know, to kind of develop and pass it on to, you know, through throughout your organization it, it doesn't have to be necessarily somebody less experienced being mentored by somebody more experienced i don't believe that for for, for a heartbeat but i think it's that piece around what do you fundamentally need in your organization especially in sort of a biotech where you've you've got a really hard problem to solve so actually wouldn't it be better mm. to have an organization that you've got good critical thinking good yeah. problem solving skills and then, yep, you get you get your bedrock of good lab skills and technical skills and, you know, scientific rigour. But yep. I think, yeah, absolutely, high, high for Will. Yeah, I think that too. I definitely feel... And it's that passion and purpose again. Oh, do you know that, what? That Will, it flows back into passion I think so, because I think 90% of anything I've ever done has <laughs> been like 50% I know what I'm doing and mm. the other 50% of actually I want to get this done. That high? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's more like, oh my God, I have to get this I done. I think it's more like 90% determination with you. It probably is, actually. It probably is more 90% determination. But that's kind of, I don't feel that you could know everything and still do a very bad job mm. because it's the full picture of it, isn't it? You well, have a, to you have never know bit. everything. No, B, no nobody's to. an island, so you can't ever do anything on your own. No. And I think knowing that, that's a mindset thing. That's a critical thinking thing. That's a problem solving so I'm good. Thing. I'm a good person to hire. Probably not, actually, but... Oh, well, I mean, I, I've, again, worked for you for seven years. Who do I go to when I've got a problem or I need to think through a challenge? Yeah. Well, I, I'd probably one of the first people, probably the first person I call. Do you know what? I think it's just because I find it interesting. Like, hearing challenges, you get the technical part of this is what it needs to happen. Fine. Yeah. But it's the why. Yeah. The why does this need to happen? And this why is, is why important? I get challenged. People don't kind of get what I say as an HR person. It's like, again... People aren't a process. Yeah. So think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. Why do we need to have this conversation with somebody? Oh, because it's a performance issue. Is it a performance issue? Yeah, is it? Is it? Yeah. Like, what, what's Why are we making this a thing? Yeah. Well, it, might, it, might, it, it may well be a thing. Yeah. Um, don't know until you actually talk to the human and go, help me understand what's going on. Um, but what, what are you trying to actually achieve? You're not looking to put somebody through a process. You're looking to either understand, understand what's going on, re-engage them, coach them, or you have an alternative conversation should you really 
yeah. need to. I don't honestly believe people take jobs going, I'm going to do this badly. Do I mean, you know some I mean? people just take a job because they've got a, just earn a living and they just want to turn up, and yeah, I'm fine that. with that, right? And it actually, is what it is. I'm also fine with that. Yes. I've never sometimes in some in some roles I completely get it. Yeah. And you and you see these things where people go, oh, I overqualify this and yeah, but when you talk to the human mm. and they're like, well, my rationale's this. Yeah. And it I, could just be I just I've love. I've got a different purpose. Yeah, my purpose isn't to like earn tons of money and be aspirational. I don't mm. want to be a CEO or mm. whatever. I just love working in a lab. I just mm. love coding. I yeah. just love supporting stuff. Whatever it is. But some people look at that and go, oh, well, that's not very aspirational that's not very kind of like but again it's, it's like, understanding well, purpose yeah. is, your, is your whole purpose in life to be you know the, the like say the ceo the, the whatever the career ambitious it almost person. sounds like that's what you got to say Shouldn't, sometimes surely your ambition is just to be a good human to be a good human and do a good job and turn up whatever that kind of means and, yeah and be I, I don't I don't really have an issue with that no I don't it's just funny how some people see that as like a, a blocker but again it's that equity and inclusion and belonging piece we should have space for all of those requirements and needs yeah. that an indivi- lots of individuals have imagine having a company that's full full of just in, uh, aspirational people they all want to fight for the top all of them that's just a bun fight isn't it yeah I mean, yeah, I, I think, or, or, you just, or you can end up with like a revolving door of talent. Yeah, you would. Because you can't, you can't always accommodate it. Yeah. So that means you've always got to be, you've always got to be developing, always got to have a plan, always got to have like something to go, which I think as a business you kind of I th- should. I think, I think you should. I think you should think about, you know, again, developing skills and yeah. skills and talent. But that can't, I think you've got to recognise that it comes in many shapes and forms and flavours because people's development it's not li- like life isn't linear we know that now there's no, no such thing as a linear career no, so i think you know it's again accommodating it and recognizing that everybody has different needs but i think you should think about you know again developing skills and yeah. skills and talent but that can't i think you've got to recognize that it comes in many shapes and forms and flavors because people's development it's not li- like life isn't linear we know that now there's no, no such thing as a linear career no, so i think you know it's again accommodating it and recognizing that everybody has different needs mobility is thinking well if you want to be promoted or move you don't necessarily have to leave you just got to look inward yep um and these are two other kind of trends that i think kind of blend into that so slightly but what, a gig trend what do you kind of feel I think we're kind of touching this already, really. Yeah, I think we have. Like, sometimes you just... Why do you need a permanent role when yeah. a consultant or freelancer can nail it in half the time? Yeah, I think that's ultimately it, isn't it? Like, I think, again, just be really flexible in your thinking about what talent is. Yeah. I think I just want to make... Sh- I'd like to see anyone who wants to kind of do this type of work, they've got their kind of toolkit ready. Yeah, yeah. Do you know? Because I feel like there's a well, lot of... You can't be a chancer. Yeah. That is so, oh my goodness, I've met many chances. <laughs> you you can't just time. be a chancer that's just like, oh yeah, my day rate is £9 million, please. Yeah, £9 million an hour, yeah. um, because I read a textbook once when I'm an yeah, expert. Yeah, exactly. And TikTok tells me I can do anything I want. Yeah, I don't. Ha- I thought you didn't have social media. You do have TikTok. I don't, I don't, literally, in- Instagram. Instagram, what's that? Um, but, I mean, j- joking aside, I think that talent piece, again, be really flexible about it, because actually... If we're going to become more outcome focused, you want quality outcomes. Yes. So, you know, inevitably, if you don't measure twice and cut once, it's going to be way it's, more it's, it's going to be a pig's ear, right? Yeah. So, I think you know, being and you can make good decisions fast, 
yeah and make them well um i i think people feel this pressure to just do you know it's the definition of insanity you know do the same thing and expect a different result so i think you know thinking about your talent and taking time talk to people that know what they're doing about talent that can help you know people like me and you for example example uh, who maybe go actually is is this what you really need yeah is this how we really need to frame the requirement you know you've worked a role for me in the last couple of weeks and i've just like i don't give me a mix of temp to perm interims and perms because i don't want to lose out on the talent in the market yeah and i think it's like you said you just got to think about the function Mm. what do you need what needs to get delivered what's the outcome we're looking for here so i think the gig economy really important because actually you're going to create more engagement with people doing what they really want to do yeah um i think that's really important i think internal mobility or whatever you whatever label you want to put on that is really important by giving people choice because ultimately when you and i read a cv you don't necessarily care what job title somebody's had and whether they've gone up a ladder. We want to no. know that they can um, evidence breadth and depth of experience. Definitely, yeah. So being able to create that within an organisation is really important. And it's something yeah. that actually teal organisations, so going back to, you know, one of my favourite books is by Frederick Lelou, Reinventing Organisations. We talk about being a role-based um, company. Yep. So it gives people choice. You know, there's even software that can help you create a role-based organisation. I really love this because I think that's the way you should always think about business anyway, is that your po- your, your people are either the make or break of the business. Mm. I don't think there's many organisations can say without the people, we don't we don't really have, you might have a platform, mm. who's going to manage it, who's going to maintain it, who's going to do it. Yeah. Even ChatGPT is still being created by well, people. Humans, you need people for that. You still need people. But I think but you're the, right. The, it's the role purpose, isn't yeah. it? And there's no point hiring just because of the sake of it. And I think when I think about how people orchestrate their organisations, they, they need to think about it as a team. Yeah. So if it's like a football team, whatever sports analogy you want to kind of give, you need to be kind of purposeful in that, like how many goal scores you defend as midfielders, mm. whatever. But people don't do that. They just almost go, just carbon copy that, 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 and mm. then that will work. It's like, well, it doesn't. Yeah, and you know when we write job descriptions, right, I'm always going to go, right, this is the company purpose. This is what we. Th- these are the goals that we need this to deliver yeah. on. So therefore, what skills and experience are we deliver? going to need to deliver that? But also then giving people the opportunity to go. It is possible to wear more than one hat in an organisation. So, for example, I don't know you as the CEO. You're not just the CEO and founder. No. You know, you you play multiple other roles within the organisation. Sometimes that's just the very nature of being a CEO. That that's the it requirement. Is. But it helps, you know, in terms of that leadership, that self management, which I think are really important. Because so. people, you know, a trend I don't think was on there was people want to work a bit more autonomously, and that doesn't mean necessarily in a silo, but it means it's really another word for self-management and empowerment and accountability and ownership. People yeah. want that. I'm, you know what, I'm surprised that's not really come up as a trend that we've kind of researched, but you're Let's right. Let's make it a trend. Let's make it one. Well, make our own one. Let's make it a trend. It's a, it's a Brucey bonus, yeah. that one. But it's true because I think as you kind of get older as well, you know your stuff. A lot of people tend to or say they do. They don't want to kind of be 
manage through it. It's almost just giving my space to get deliver. What's the outcome you want me to deliver? Yeah, just tell me me to get on with it. Yeah, just give me enough rope. Yeah, one way or another. Just give me enough rope. It's that's it's what we again something you and I bang on about, but. You know, when you start, you kind of give them a bit of rope and you either save yourself with it or hang yourself yeah, with it. Yeah, I've definitely hung myself a few times. Oh, look, we're human. Probably more times. You know. <laughs> I like to care. We're, 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 well, I don't know about that, but I think we're, we're only human. You know, you, you grow through experience and sometimes it's the, the not so great experiences of the bits that are the ones that make you grow. I right, think so. Learn. I've definitely learned if, a lot. If you only ever had a mistakes. pat on the head and got a doggy biscuit for doing the right thing, what have you actually... I don't know, I don't think you learn... I don't think so. I don't I think feel, you learn so much. I feel there's a generation of people coming through that are a bit like that. That have, have really strong reward sensors yeah. in their brain. And it almost needs to be like, I need to be acknowledged. Everything I do has to be good. And it has to, I need to get a like, I need to get a share, I need mm. to be told well done. It's like, I don't know how sustainable in a career or even mm. as like a grown adult you can be with that. But like, at some surely, point you're going to not know something or not get something yeah, right. Yeah, then what? And what does what will that teach you? Because that's when your resilience kicks yeah. in, right? Because how do you bounce back from getting it wrong if you're not if you've never got it wrong? It you, you, you just devastates. That's me. the thing. I think, but I think a lot of people now just are shying away from it and just kind of go, "Well, I, I will never be able to do that, so I'll just won't do it." I, I mean, just ignore. I would say, don't be the extreme of version of me who thinks you never get anything right and everything you do is wrong. <laughs> but <laughs> I you, don't, you know, don't, don't be, be. Yeah, I think that's like mine and your like mantra yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't be like us don't, don't don't assume that you've got anything right ever um, and hope for the best but i mean jo- joking aside i think you know there, there are extreme versions of any any behavior around that but i think that and that reward and recognition piece is really important because people yeah people will want it and you know sometimes it's just that quiet word or that discreet email it's like i really appreciate you did that or that was a piece of work well done thank you yeah you know because sometimes you and i are a bit old school and we just go well yeah great you did your job yeah um but it's actually still important for people to have feedback. I think so. Yeah, I, I don't like feedback. I like the conversation. Feedback from me all the time. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I don't. <laughs> I don't like. I think the word feedback's wrong. Oh, I, I, th- I think it's. Yeah, I, th- I think it's stigmatised now, along with so. you know, along with performance reviews and. Yeah, it's not. Know, it just. I think it's a. It has to be a loop of, um, discussion. Yes. Um, and it needs to be a consistent loop but it's two ways yeah completely it, it's completely two ways it shouldn't it shouldn't be one-sided no but i think that's it because i think sometimes feedback almost makes it sound the person given it is either going to be a, it's going to be positive or negative yeah. or somewhere in between yeah but it's not to say that the person given it was right in the first place either i saw this thing on linkedin a few months back where it talks about the feedback crime scene right go on and it, it was it was just like this cartoon of literally like you know dead bodies and blood because somebody had a performance review and was given feedback and I, I think it's that piece it's about communication again yeah. like are you able to really think about what you're saying and why you're saying it to well, deliver the message well we know how devastating that can be you say something 100%. the wrong way it's triggering you're not really thought out that oh it can goodness. really it can have some devastating effects for people well I mean I've, I've been a, not a victim so I don't like to say I've ever been a victim but experience I, it, was, it was a horrendous experience and I still don't think I've bounced back from it I mean, we know that I'm a doubter at the best of times about anything I do, but, you know, it's left me probably a year on still second-guessing everything. So I think that's tying it all back, really. I think the only trend we need to talk about is good communication in businesses. Yeah. Yeah. 
definitely. That, that's the trend for 2023 as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> that's it. That is the one. Just be better, better at communicating. Better talking. Just be, yeah. just be a bit more open. Be a bit more human. Be more human. Mm. Yeah. In a world that's trying to be more AI automated and, and AI. Automated. And that's the first trend. Put that in your chat GPT and see what yeah. it comes up with. I think it'll just blow up. <laughs> <laughs> We've got two last ones. Okay. Trend nine. Culture first hiring. Well, I think it's not going to be the same, yeah. isn't it? Do, do people know what it is though? No, nah, I think they kind of think culture is something that the uh, another team figures out and they talk about culture. Stop doing culture fit, do culture add. Culture add. Culture, culture yeah. add. What's going to enhance your culture? Not because then you lose your diversity if you just go, oh, they're not going to, I hate that. Oh, they weren't a good cultural fit. Well, what does that even mean? What does that mean? Yeah, yeah. Is it just didn't what? add to it? Didn't fit you didn't like them? Yeah, didn't like them. Like their socks were rubbish. Like yeah, I, oh, I've had some weird, wonderful experiences with this conversations with high level mm. C suite CEO, COOs, that kind of stuff. I haven't got a bloody clue. They think it's literally just a few words. So it's a great culture work. I'll play all this rubbish. And it's like, mm, no, you're just a dictator. And it's almost like I really wish companies would go. Do you know what? It's not the best working here. Sometimes it's actually just really hard. But what you get out of it is X, Y, and Z. We pay really well. If you like it, come join us. But then I'd love to see that. Um, I, th- I, do you know, what I prefer to see is people sitting down and understanding what culture actually is. Uh, that is, yeah. that it's a set of beliefs, practices, behaviours, and then that's where you know your values really come into play. Like, what do you value in an individual? What do you, and what do you value in yourself that you want others to know you about? You yeah. know, what's your identity? What's going to separate you out? So I think that culture first hiring is, again, like your purpose, you have to be intentional about it. But unless you can actually understand what culture truly is, don't go for a culture fit because you lose your diversity. Yeah. You have no inclusion or belonging. You just, I mean, that's fine if you want a bunch of people to just rock up and think they're going to get, you know, a ping pong table and free beer, like whatever. <laughs> Um, but that's our what, culture. But and there's a belief there. There is a belief. There. Um, but actually, you know, what what is your culture, and are you intentional about it? Because again, that's going to give you the leading edge around hiring talent. You're going to be able to articulate it better, and people are going to know that it's an actual lived experience. Yeah. It's not just oh, you know, because we've banged on about this again, but it's more than just you know what you put on your website, and it's way more than you your room glass door review right i think so and it's always left from the top i don't think anyone can escape that everybody should own it yeah everybody contributes to it but you have a responsibility as a leader of an organization to be intentional about it because people will hold your feet to the fire about it and you are a role model and a gatekeeper and guardian of it yeah and i think anyone who's kind of struggles with culture i think they just need to almost be honest with themselves because i think culture is almost you could have tons of mini cultures you have subcultures. You t- we talk about the cultural web all the time. You can, you have to because it's a funny one, isn't it? Because almost your culture is almost defined by your manager, your direct line report, or whatever, whatever word you want to use. Or whatever there. mood somebody's in on that day, and how you catch them on a day, and then what subtext you kind of catch them on mm. that day as well. So there's loads to it, but I think you could almost kind of use your own way of working, your own kind of beliefs, as that's that's the culture that I want to kind of yeah. put out to others and that's the way I want others to kind of work like that way. Mm. And if you start hiring people to go against it, you're not mm. even being true to yourself. And I, I, I've seen this so many times where a company will hire someone to go, but they're technically brilliant, we have to have them, but they're mm. a complete arsehole. Mm. And you think you've literally gone against everything you stand for, for what? 
for the hope this technical person is going to be a really good person to lead your culture. Guess what happens? Nine times out of ten, they create this toxic hole that everyone kind of falls through and oh, they all yeah, wonder completely, why. Completely. And I think it still happens even now. Oh, it does. Even though people, and I, I just don't like people's, <laughs> even though I'm doing it now, soapboxing about culture, but I think it's, all I'd say is think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. And I know I say this to you all the time, like, and it bugs me that people, like, I'm not asking too much of you. No. Think about what you're doing and why you're doing it. How hard is that? It's Especially not. around your culture, because that's how you treat people. That's how you create a thriving workplace, a psychologically safe workplace. So think about that when you're thinking about a culture, culture-led hiring. Yeah, I think so. Like you said, we can go real soapbox on that one, can't we? Oh, big time. <laughs> Um, trend 10 final one final one great resignation post pandemic growing drift between employer and employee expectations I think we've kind of covered that yeah, a lot I this think is true though speaking <laughs> of the processes I, I, you, look the, people have put a label on it like they put a label on quite quitting which I yeah. don't think I, it's yeah, not a thing, it's always been there. I think <laughs> the whole um, quite quitting thing has always existed because it's about discretionary effort. Yes. And about purpose again. Yeah. And, you know, we've worked in those work environments where it's like, uh, you're leaving at five. Yeah, what, what, excuse me? Yeah, because I have a life and there's other things I need to do. I'd actually like to eat my dinner before midnight. You know, that sort of thing. So I think quiet quitting's always existed. I think yeah, it's the difference between satisfaction and engagement. Yeah, I think that's it's always and been it's, I think it's okay to have... You know, you could be really engaged and be satisfied and not do any more than what's on your job description. Yeah, I think that's absolutely fine. And actually, I think people leaving is fine. I think yeah. companies should grow and expand and change. Everything. It's like anything in life. You stand back still. to diversity again. Yeah, and if you stand still with anything too long, all good things come to an end. Oh, yeah. I mean, and sometimes you have to remember as well, especially in sort of the startup scale-up space, you know, I sort of say this a lot to people, is what got you there isn't going to take you there. Yeah. And, um, so some yeah. of your early early hires aren't necessarily going to be the people. They might not have the skills to actually help you scale. So what got you there isn't going to take you there, and it's okay to part ways with your talent sometimes. I, so. I really generally think that. I don't think it's the way you do healthy. it yeah, is the, the, important you know you have to be mindful of that well, but you tend to find that's when anyone kind of says I started and I left this but usually because of the way it's it been was, delivered yeah and you get disgruntled people but I think recognising that some of your talent will not scale with you that is fine yeah and they might just sit in a nice niche elsewhere and do the same job in another company but I think how you have that conversation both parties. That's the difference. Is is yeah, communication skills again. Yeah, it really is. The, the other the, the trend. That is the actual trend. The actual trend for twenty twenty three. Good communication. So to kind of really wrap up, a lot of these trends that we kind of spoke about ultimately are all focused around communication. Yeah. That's being, just good business anyway, right? Being thoughtful, being mindful, and then how you articulate that. Yeah. So just kind of thinking about what you say before you say it. Yeah. That's it. That's it's it. Simple as that. Neat with a bow. I like it. it. Just solved all the business problems of 2023. <laughs> no, I do. No, thank you for coming on uh, for that today. Thank you for having me. There's definitely some good trends there people are kind of thinking about. Definitely I'm for one to think about how this is going to kind of evolve over the next 12 months. And most likely it's going to be different than the next 12 months after that. Oh, so. completely. I think the, like, I mean, you know, you're, you're obviously doing more recruitment than I am at the moment, but I think the challenges that I'm seeing of businesses and what they're thinking about is definitely different from where it was 
you know, a year ago. Definitely. So see how it pans out. Yeah. Here's another. Here's to another trip around the sun. Okay, well, well, thank you very much for tuning in this week. Um, Soraya, thank you for coming down to make Thanks the trip to be me. with me today. It was I, a pleasure. I call, I call that dinner. <laughs> I, yeah, feed me. <laughs> All right, everyone, thanks very much. If you found something of value in this episode, share it with someone that might find it useful. For more information about what we do, check out our website at www.northreach.uk and subscribe to our podcast and add us to your Spotify favourites so you don't miss out on future episodes. Remember to tune in next month as we continue our mission to revolutionise the way we work. We appreciate your support and we'll see you again soon. Until then, stay curious, keep learning and keep reworking for a better future.